Welcome to Dramas with the Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Drama Geek. And I'm Carrie the Mockney. Yeah, if you haven't already, don't forget to join our Discord server. It's a great place to discuss dramas, participate in group watches, and generally have just a good old time. So today we are doing a cozy chat about the Taiwanese drama, Oh No, Here Comes Trouble, which I think the title <laughs> is so perfect. Mm-hmm. It stars um, Chen Jinghao, Vivian Sung, and Peng Chan Yu. And um, I've people were excited for see, seeing Vivian Sung in this. I've, I'm sure I've probably seen her in other mm-hmm. things, but I can't remember what things I might have seen her in. Um I would say Taiwanese dramas for both of us. It's probably like one, two, maybe a year that comes if across that, our plates, you know, yeah. but, so we don't watch as many, but um, there's a movie that uh, the lead Chen Jinghao is in that he was fabulous. Um, it was naming your name engraved on my heart. I think it's still in on um, Netflix and He's actually some other, there was another movie that he, he hasn't done that many dramas, but there was another movie he was in that, um, he won a best new actor award for, and he's just a, he's really one that I think we need to, to watch and see what other stuff he's going to be in, in, cause he's really good. But so the synopsis of this drama is brought to you by, uh, the mock name. Because <laughs> the one in uh, <laughs> online was just not as as good. So, um, and I didn't read the synopsis before starting. I just started watching it. Had I read the synopsis, the first episode might not have been as big of a surprise to me. But so after a traffic accident, high schooler and aspiring webtoonist Pu Yingyong discovers he has superpowers, not that he wants them. With the help of his friends and neighbors, he helps the dead resolve their problems rolling his eyes all the way, (laughs) (laughs) which is so perfect for his character. We'll talk about, there's a very specific moment regarding, including eye rolling that we Mm -hmm. would need to talk, but it will definitely be in the spoiler free section, which are not in the, in the spoiler section. We'll start with a spoiler free section as usual. Um, first of all, we'll do, you know, why we watched it and all of that. Um, but this will all be the spoiler free section, and then we'll go into all the spoilers. Sounds so, good. Yeah. But I guess we want to mention first why we started watching it. And for me, it's peer pressure <laughs> <laughs> as always. Like every, I, so I have more K dramas than I am used to having on my plate the last little bit. It seems like it's just been like only one or two at a time, or even sometimes just one that I'm really into. And I have three consistent ones, but they all air on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. (laughs) Oh no. So like, and the Monday, Tuesday ones, um, are ones is one my perfect stranger that I want to watch right away because it's like a murder mystery type thing and so mm-hmm. I like I'm really into like watching it as fast as I can and then being able to like hypothesize like who's the murderer and all that kind of stuff. So I then I end up having Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with nothing to watch. And so I was looking for something to watch and saw how much chatter was going on about this drama and so I was like okay I'll at least just press play. It's only 12 episodes. I'll give it a try. And then I didn't read the synopsis for her beforehand was a little bit like, Ooh, okay, this is the first, the first episode didn't expect that. I'm like all tearing up already, right? but just kept watching. And it was a really great um, addition to my list. Now, of course I'm done, but mm-hmm. it was just nice to be able to have that like last week to fit in between all of my airing dramas. Why did you start? I started for essentially the same reason. It was getting a little bit of chatter on the Discord and Petty Sushi Eater. She and I have similar tastes. And so she was recommending it. She was just like, this is so funny. And, you know, just talking it up. I'm like, okay, I'll make a thread on the Discord. That way we can just take our, because I had questions. And she's like, no, you just have to watch. I'm like, okay. So I did. (laughs) And I pushed play. And I just did not regret. It was a little heavy that first episode, but I did not regret because it falls in with other dramas that I've loved, like Sell Your Haunted House or The Uncanny Uncanny Counter and Missing the Other Side. It's kind of the same 
kind of I would say uncanny counter is definitely more like for like I didn't watch all of it but I would say that the the case of the week or the the things that they're fighting it's more human like it's bad like not bad but like it's the lighter it's like missing the other side which is still you know the stuff that was going you know the people that were ghosts and all that kind of stuff in there there was still bad stuff going on but it for the uncanny counter I feel like they were really heavy-handed at the beginning of like showing like really horrible people versus Mm -hmm. like this one is closer to like sell your haunted house where it was like yeah you could see you know there was definitely some uh bad elements of the people that they were you know having to deal with but it wasn't like serial killer cutting people up you know what I mean like there's just a different level and I so I think it's it definitely feels more like sell your haunted house or missing the other side versus which I know the uncanny counter had lighter elements and I was trying to watch it in a time where any of that kind of stuff was bothering me but Mm -hmm. I still think just from the first couple of uh people they were encountering it was just a little bit more gore like when you're watching it versus this if somebody had uh there wasn't like this one I don't feel like there was any yeah the gore is really low yeah. And with so, Uncanny I mean, Counter, the tie there is just they both have their comic book origins. Oh, gotcha. And then both yeah. the main characters kind of get their powers in a similar way. Not exactly, but they just it's kind of the same setup for both male leads. They have something happen to them and then they gain mysterious powers. That's mm-hmm. which you know, that's a connection for me. And then they team up with their found family and they take mm-hmm. down or help out supernatural beings who don't necessarily need to be there or want to be there. So there, there's surface similarities. Gotcha. So, but yeah, I just peer pressure. And then <laughs> I love dark humor. That will get me every time. And so somebody says dark humor and I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this definitely covered it. All right. So how did we feel about Yong's actions towards Chao Guang Yan? In the first episode. So uh Yi Young obviously is our male lead. He's not academically the most adept. Right. But he he's got some athleticism, you know, he's got his strengths. And then Guan Yang is like the number one in their class, and everybody adores him and thinks he's the best. And somehow accidentally all these balls hit Guan Yang in the head or <laughs> take him <laughs> out while he's running. You know, accidentally, it just, they mysteriously just appear. And then Yong looks very unrepentant on the other side. <laughs> I so. mean, the setup, I mean, they do go pretty heavy handed on the setup of like, Yong does not like him. He has yeah. a grudge against him. And he, <laughs> I mean, I do think the tripping on the stairs there, cause he said you, you did it cause you were scared, which I actually mm-hmm. think that at that point that might've been true. Um, and he didn't necessarily trip him, but the balls hitting him in the head was definitely, <laughs> and <laughs> he did not like know. him. He was grumpy. And I mean, they do kind of give a reason why later on, but I honestly just feel like it was just the writer setup of like making these two dislike each other or whatever. And then you move on from there. Cause the, you know, the, the friend or the the guy comes back later on and plays a huge role within the show. There's the three main, you know, uh, sleuthing friends that do their, do, you know, solve these cases or whatever. And he becomes a big part of it. But yeah, I think again, it's just this big setup of like, he just didn't like him because of that dynamic of like, I'm, he was like the last in his class or even in his school or something like that for you. Yeah. <laughs> But, and he, you know, so there was that like antagonistic thing. I, for me, again, I didn't think too deeply about it because, or get too upset with Yi Young about it because I felt like it was really just set up and didn't feel like your typical, like bullying type thing. So I could be just being a little bit more forgiving of him than I should be just because he's so funny. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like it was kind of. The way it was written, it was not bullying. He was not yeah. trying to take Guang Yang down. He was no. just annoyed. Right. And it's still not great, but right. it felt more like a brother relationship in mm-hmm. that, like that where your parents turn their head and then you're pinching them. <laughs> That's yes. that was what it was. It felt like to me it was definitely more of that. Like, I'm just annoyed with you. I'm going to push you out of the way because you get out of my space type thing. So that's yes. kind of how I felt about it. <laughs> that's perfect. Absolutely perfect. 
All right. So let's talk about Ying Yong's family and what do we think of the dynamics between mom and dad and son and grandpa. And so where, yes, the accident is what makes him start having these powers, but unlike maybe I don't, and King Encounter, I don't know if it was anything with his uh, bloodline or whatever, but this is definitely something that's being passed down from his grandpa. So mm-hmm. like it's, it's a, it's a family thing, but like I, without giving too many spoilers, there were so many touching moments between the mom and him and his dad and him mm-hmm. and even the grandpa and him, even though you only get a couple of scenes with, uh, with dad before the accident and grandpa before the accident, everything like they did such a good job of making this like, which was made what made it so sad, a wonderful family and how much he loved, loved his parents, even though like he's 17, you know, mm-hmm. I, in that, and he's have that type of relationship at the beginning of like being annoyed that your parents are like getting on to you about your grades or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> but they also did such a good job of just showing that they did have a very touching and a close bond with each other in that first um, episode. Mm-hmm. They were really relatable in the fact that mom and dad, they weren't expecting him to be top of the class. Like yeah. the only thing they were on him about was this hobby that he would not tell them about. And the fact that he had no direction in his life, they didn't care right. what his direction was. He, They just wanted him to have direction. Right. And they were well, just, they were great about it. The mom was a, a, a hairstylist. So like she, mm-hmm. the, you know, she's like, I'm not expecting you to like go to college and do all this stuff. Like, just find out what you want to do. I cut, you know, she's like, this is, this is what I do and I love it. And just find something that you like doing. So. Yeah. I mean, grandpa taught calligraphy. He had a calligraphy school. He did funeral calligraphy. They were just, right. they were very much salt of the earth type people. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what the dad did. I don't remember. If I don't I, think we ever got to that. What his, yeah. His yeah. Was, but <laughs> I'm sure know. he did something. But I know. Yeah. It didn't come up. <laughs> yeah. But he was a very down to earth, you know, dad kind of uh, whatever he did or whatever, like their whole family, mm-hmm. like they were all just very um, easy to, to connect with people. No Che Balls here. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> they would have made it all awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll have to talk about Guang Yan's dad later. Right. Anyway. So the writing and the humor are just subtle and fantastic in the drama. And I said why, and I don't know if I can explain exactly why. <laughs> but it's not slapstick. Like, that's the biggest thing. Mm, it is not yeah. slapstick. This is all very organic. It's all very kind of underplayed it's like dry humor it's still you watch it and you're like i am laughing at this but this guy you know the situation i'm not sure i should be laughing but here i am well and a lot of it rests on the actor who plays yin yong the main guy Mm -hmm. who has the superpowers like he just inserts facial movements and expressions and just little things that he says and also the the dynamic between him and the two people that are helping him because each his dynamic with the cop and his dynamic with his frenemy <laughs> turned brother type, you know, like he, uh, their dynamic was just such a wonderful comedic part of the show and mm-hmm. his interactions with them. But even like his interactions with his mom and everything really had that wonderful timing but again like you said it's not slapstick it's funny because i'm watching tale of the nine-tailed and there's so it's it, they're both really funny but it is definitely very drastic types of humor. <laughs> yeah. you know where with this one it, it it's that timing of like that well-placed sentence or like that just the very end of a phrase or whatever it's just makes it to where you're just like oh my gosh that is hilarious <laughs> And the characters are set up really fast and you get to know them really fast. And so then the humor grows out of who they are. And because this drama is only 12 episodes. Yeah, but I've watched, there's the one that we did, I guess it was half that, (laughs) six episodes. Uh, Where, But it's the difference is this is completely character driven. Mm -hmm. Yet it does have its own mythology and like supernatural world that gets set up and that you have to take a little while to figure out like what his powers are exactly mm-hmm. and how he to use them and everything. But like, I feel like again, that first episode where they're super anta- antagonistic against each other was that rush of like, we have to set up 
the mm-hmm. this relationship type thing and and get that character dynamic. So they set that all up fast and the relationship he has like with his family and even the whole like you're last in your class and everybody I I felt bad but everybody does call him an idiot a lot but like mm-hmm. almost in an affectionate way and sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes but it still felt like I felt bad for him. <laughs> and when you go throughout the whole drama you're like, um, he's emotionally more mature than a lot of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he just has insight because of everything that's happened to him. He has insight mm-hmm. into things where it's like, no, he, he has maturity where it, where it counts. And then he's also super immature at other times. So <laughs> yeah. He's just your regular 17, 19 year old, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's an adolescent male. You got to love him. And yet you still want to strangle them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. All right. Should we start our spoiler section here? We do need to start our spoiler section. So right. anybody who has not watched the drama, stop here, go watch it. It's only 12 episodes. It won't take you that long and you will laugh and then you can come back and and discuss with us. Well, and you might cry a little bit too, because I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did a couple of times, um, but it's so... worth it. Go, go watch <laughs> and then come back because you want to be in on this discussion. Yes. So, um, the we want to make sure and it, it has a lot of spoilers in it because the visuals as you keep moving through the drama that like trying to describe all this stuff would definitely spoil everything so mm-hmm. um the visuals in this were such a great addition to everything that was going on um from the black because black smoke gets used a lot in especially like in chinese dramas and stuff but I felt like this was done so well because it represented like this. Um, so kind of back up a little bit now that we can do spoilers just a little bit. But like, mm-hmm. so he he does calligraphy like his grandfather does, but though mm-hmm. he's never like taken it super serious, I don't think. But that's what he tries to do once his grandfather is in a coma and then his dad's gone. He has he's trying to find a job. He's missed two years of his life. He needs comas to will do that to you because comas will do that to you. <laughs> so he needs to, he could, he, he didn't graduate high school. He doesn't really want to go back and try to f- figure that all out because, you know, again, poor kid was last in his, in his class or school. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he goes and tries to do the, um, the calligraphy and everything. And the, one of the people is telling him is like, you just don't have like the, the, knowledge or the extra oomph that your grandfather mm-hmm. did and once his his abilities and his supernatural stuff comes out then he realizes that his calligraphy and when he puts pen to paper he actually has a lot of power in that in the mm-hmm. words that he uses and the way that they show the smoke kind of wrapping around his his arm and then there's also like um the red threads, which the red threads in a lot of um, Asian countries, a lot of them, especially in Korea and stuff, signify the uh, destiny of like your mm. your who your soulmate is. You're tied to each other by red threads. Well, this one, it's the red threads of obsession mm-hmm. coming out and like attaching, and it's just done so well. There's so many different instances, and we'll, and as we talk about the different cases, we can kind of mention the different ways the red threads. Um, I think the twins might have been the one that was the most like visually like, oh my gosh, that was really cool mm-hmm. type thing. Absolutely. But even like while he's like drawing to finish out the cases and stuff, there's like a red thread bloom. A lot of times it'll come like out of his chest mm-hmm. and then the thing swirls around. And like, I just feel like the way they did all of the um, the visuals surrounding his powers and how it works when he's um, getting them that last, like either they're going to go disappear and be, you know, finally able to put to rest this obsession or whatever, like he hit all the smoke and and the visuals that are around that are just really beautiful to watch and not scary. Like a lot of times the smoke and all of that is supposed to be like super scary. And at the beginning, you're not quite sure, yeah. especially the a woman that shows up that he sees that has smoke around her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it can be scary, but then as you he, you know, one of the first times he does it, you're like, no, it's actually not scary. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, it's got the, it's weird in the original factor. Like it's weird as in not part of the norm, 
if that makes sense, just kind of signify something outside the normal. So this is a lot of supernatural. He deals with the supernatural. And I love, like Drama Geek was saying, the red threads and how they connect things and how the smoke is just, it's indicative of his ability and kind of him listening to the dead and to what they need. Mm. And then, like, like she said, we'll get into it later, but just kind of the creative way that some of these spirits disperse like we'll talk about how cherry blossom lady disappeared well, and you're saying dead and spirits but we're in the spoiler section so we can say like it's really not dead people that he's dealing with and it's not yeah. spirits it's the manifestation of people living people's obsession yes. so like they're entities i guess and how <laughs> spirits is he, what i got <laughs> he like disperses the entity of the obsession type thing or whatever like i feel like the um the the first person that comes in contact is the one that's harder to like because it, it is a dead body <laughs> yeah a dead guy that you're dealing with <laughs> but the river god obsession whatever is what's yeah. possessing his body so but there is the and, and it takes an episode or two or maybe even by the i think it might have to might not until the third episode where you finally get the connection of like oh it's maybe it's the second episode because i feel like that first dead guy his story is just two episodes long and then he they yeah. solve that case or whatever so mm -hmm. but he might not have been introduced until the end of of one because the first episode mm -hmm. really is um and we'll talk about that next but the first episode really is mostly like all of the set up set up background and <laughs> right. motivation yeah. and everything yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I have to say it was this first dead guy who hooked me on the drama because it was there was the dead guy and the fact that he died. But then his spirit was possessed by the river god and he was trying to the river god was trying to find just get his uh, the little statue that his essence was attached to out of the river. But nobody could find it because it had been lost for a hundred years or whatever. And so he he possesses this dead dead guy, and so you think at first because we're discovering this as Yi Yong's discovering it, so mm -hmm. it's kind of the same pace. And so at first you're looking at him and the way he moves and stuff, and you're like, okay, so this is a zombie. <laughs> well, and the red threads, like mm -hmm. it it almost looked like when he because I can't remember what Yi Yong was doing when it happened, but it almost looked like whatever he because I think he was writing, whatever mm -hmm. he was doing was causing the red threads to like. Um, stitch the guy back together so again the whole zombie of like he's dead but like this supernatural thing is stitched him back together and now he can like zoom around and and everything <laughs> so it definitely was like okay i think that's a zombie <laughs> yeah but it was just the fact that Yi Yong kind of he was scared at first but then he almost kind of bonded and felt sorry for the guy <laughs> just the more and he wasn't like they had a couple of spots on him that were kind of grotesque but mm -hmm, overall, mm -hmm. he was played for laughs and not making right. fun of him laughs, just that he was trying to cope with this body that he wasn't fully in control of. And he couldn't exactly articulate it, what he wanted from Yi Yong. So like Yi Yong would ask him questions and they'd get to a certain point and then he'd be like, I don't know. Why are you here? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. And the zombie's like getting closer <laughs> to his face. Like, well, I need even something. The the beginning of him like passing out every time I saw him. <laughs> so again, it has a bit of physical like it, but it's not necessarily slapstick, but it does kind of ride that line of like, you know, it was because every time he'd show up, he would just whew, pass out. <laughs> first. So it so took a while mm -hmm. to figure out what he wanted or was he was even there for. Mm hmm. So that's that's totally what hooked me was his interactions with the zombie. I'm like, okay, this I can handle. So yeah. what got you hooked on the drama? Like what kept you going? Um, I, I the first episode was just fun. Like I really thought the interactions between the two boys, though mm -hmm. again, he was not the nicest to him. Just the way that the timing played out, like of how that funny all of that mm -hmm. was. And then again, I wasn't necessarily expecting the stuff that happened in the first episode because I didn't read the 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 um, synopsis but it was then I was like oh okay so this is gonna be like supernatural mixed with like, okay yeah it's sad but also like the comedy mixed with the supernatural was what I really liked because they a lot of times supernatural shows um can be a little bit um especially when it's something of like trying to like 
ghosts and dead bodies and trying to solve crimes and all that kind of stuff, it can be a little bit too heavy. And sometimes it's like, ugh. but this one, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect amount of light and dark mm-hmm. in, in the episodes that it's really funny. And I always like a like buddy found family, like coming together, doing that kind of thing. And the first episode, uh, maybe it didn't. Cause I don't think the, his, the, guy that he was in school with moved in with it moved into the room until like maybe episode two or three but I don't know I just the the funny um aspect of the first episode and how the the way the writing went I was like okay yeah I'm in I want to watch more and see what happens but yeah and because the 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 first episode we can talk about the first episode the first episode blindsided us with some emotional trauma for our characters and why did we keep going after that and Again, I didn't expect it Um, when, so he's on a bus and Mm -hmm. a plane uh, and this is like, I'm like, oh my God, has this ever happened in real life? (laughs) Because that was crazy. (laughs) But so a plane kind of is crashing down to earth and it slices the bus in half. Mm -hmm. And um, he is in a coma for two years. His dad passes, passed away when the accident happened and his grandpa is in a coma still once he wakes up. Mm-hmm. So like that poor mom, like she <gasps> lost her husband and then her son was in a coma for two years. Her father-in-law, cause it's, it was the dad's dad's dad or was it her dad? I don't know. I want to they... say it was her dad, but I'm not okay. sure. I don't know. I don't think they don't did. They like made that distinction too much. Nope. Of... It was just grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, you know, he's in that. So he's got, they've got two people in a coma and then the, um, the plane, the company or whatever is like saying, no, we have proof that he passed out before the, the plane crash ever happened. So th- we're not at fault for his coma. I'm like, uh, uh yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, everything that happened to the people on the bus, but anyway, so they were, <laughs> they were trying to say it didn't, it didn't happen and they weren't. So she's having to fight like all these battles. Um, and everything, but it, it, he wakes up and he, everybody that he, you know, all his friends graduated high school and he still doesn't have a degree. And, and now he's his dad, he has to, ugh, and he played, they did that scene so well when he finds out that his dad did not make it. And then mm-hmm. his grandpa and, um, but then he also gets hit with like, this dude starts showing up in his room (laughs) (laughs) who's obviously dead. Like he, there's no way you look at that person, especially when he like lifted his shirt up and you could see his rib cage. (laughs) So, you know, he, he wakes up from a coma and then all of a sudden he has to start dealing with all of this supernatural stuff. So yes, I was just like, kind of, I was very teary and like, Oh my gosh, that's so sad. Um, but I felt like Maybe the pendulum swung a little fat, like there was comedy, like almost right after he got up. But I still mm-hmm. think that they did a good job of taking the moments of talking to his mom about it and different things that kept that gravity to it, where it was like it was still enough time to like be sad and, you know, and everything. But also then it just keeps moving on because he's uh he's got his own mysteries that he has to solve because the, <laughs> the guy will not leave his bedroom. Yep. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And I think that comedy aspect is definitely what kept me going after the first initial like trauma of that so sad and 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 everything that happened to him. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say the same comedy will always pull me through and just the loving relationship he had with his parents to the to the point that, mm. you know, he wakes up from his coma and he's almost immediately joking with his mom after he's kind of centered himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, OK, because it helped, too, that she wasn't mired in grief. Because, right. I mean, it would be understandable if she was, because that was a lot for her to, to handle in one day. But now here we are two years later and she, you know, she's trimming his hair. He's still got his mullet. And, <laughs> we'll talk about oh, it later. That mullet, yes. <laughs> but just, and the way she's kind of teasing him and prodding him and being like, hey, you're 19 now. You can come drink with me. <laughs> right. Like, All right. This is an interesting family dynamic, but that's part of what drew me in and connected with me. I connected with is because I would probably joke around the same way with my kids. Right. And yeah. so, well, and like, she yeah. really felt like throughout the whole thing, like she was the strength of the family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she, I'm sure. And there were several moments where you see her by yourself, where she was 
definitely more allowing those emotions to, to flood her. But she also like, as soon as her son woke up, like she knew, like, I've got to be here for him and I've Mm got to help him get through this because for him, I don't even know. They didn't say how many people uh, survived off the bus, but I really don't think that many people did. And to be the only one in his family that's awake now that Mm -hmm. was on the bus, like that's a lot. And so she just was like, Nope, we're gonna, we're gonna do this and we're gonna get him through this. And it's not going to be this like whale, like crying and, you know, super upset and all that kind of stuff. We've just got to help him get back on his feet. Yeah. And he does that too. And he has a really, I guess we'll talk about it later, but he has a really realistic journey through grief himself. He does. That I appreciated, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. All right. So mom was great. And then our other main female character is Chen Chu Ying, who is a cop played by Vivian Sung. And she was an interesting blend of dedicated, but also very silly. She was a great older sister figure to Yi Yang and Guang Yang, but she had her own personal issues to overcome. And so what did we think of her and her role in this story? And I I liked her. She was the one, you see it towards the end of the drama, but she's the one that actually saved Yi Yang in the bus crash, the bus plane crash. And then she's really good at solving mysteries, but she's stuck on like beat cop duties. And they called her one burn. I cannot remember why. Um, because of how many times she had, she took, retook the test and only like 99% of people pass the test the first time or the, or whatever. And she has three tries. They obviously she passed it on the third try because they never showed that the third time coming and being like 99% pass this test. But I think that's like, so 1%, one per. Gotcha. Okay. She's the 1% that, that failed it the the first first two times, which (laughs) it. In a lot of dramas, that is actually a very common trope that a female officer had to take her test so many times to get through. Mm -hmm. So it could be one that is annoying to me because again, they use it so many times in a lot of dramas. And then the guy, of course, passed it like two years before he, most people would, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) they don't play it so much. Like it's funny. And they, they, the, the amount of times her boss listens to her and lets her get mm-hmm. away with things is probably <laughs> what makes it like, cause there's no way that a beat cop would actually be able to do all the things that she does, but we're mm-hmm. okay with letting that slide because it makes for the show. <laughs> so, it, it's on par with Yi Young Bully and Guan Yang. It, it's right. The, yeah. The same. It's, a, it's just a kind of a setup of, you know, this person who normally wouldn't solve cases and though she gets a lot of help she mm-hmm. still is good at her job she um, is. and good at at finding things and and helping them directing them in, in different paths and where to look and all that kind of stuff so she's good at her job but she also kind of <laughs> circumvents the rules a lot too <laughs> oh she'll ignore people who are talking to her they're trying to get her to record the you know details about this crime and she's like totally focused on something else or but... you know borrowing her superior's login so that she can look at <laughs> stuff on cases that she's not assigned to <laughs> right you know cuz this is all great for somebody who wants to be on the investigative team and that's like <laughs> their ultimate dream <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah no, I was, I was just saying, but it works. It's funny. And again, the people she works with are not that typical, like rude, mean to her, always looking down on her type thing. Yes. They joke around and they call her one per, but like, again, they will listen to her and follow her investigation through to the end. Most of the time, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, especially the main guy, um, and then the, I don't know what is the, the detective that she stole the ID for right. the login, <laughs> whatever he was like her, he was her like mentor, her mentor or whatever. And yeah. She's got her chief and yeah, yeah, they do respect her. And I think a lot of what's holding her back is just her lack of experience. And then right. we see towards the end that she's a little too focused on becoming part of the investigative team, but right. she's getting there. She's just, she's a really well-written character and I'm impressed with how well-written all these characters are given the mm-hmm. shortness of the drama. Yeah. Well, and she, she definitely was like, they could have gone so many different directions. Cause, um, when he wakes up from his coma, he's 19. I don't know how much older she's supposed to be, but she was a fairly young cop when she saved his life, mm-hmm. you know? So I figure she's not 
too much older than him. I didn't look up to see uh, what their age difference is, but he, and really, I'm pretty sure he's pretty young. Um, and the other guy too, cause he's only been in, um, one other drama. He's a stage actor, um, uh-huh. is what I was looking at. So he, you could see the experience. I find that, um, that happens every once in a while in Korean dramas. Where, like, where did this guy go? It's kind of like the guy hot doc from Dr. Cha. Yeah. I'm like, he's not a, been in a lot, but like, he's very experienced and you look up, Oh, he's a musical stage actor. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's what this guy he's, this is only his first drama. I think it's either a first or second, or maybe this is his first. And then he has something else listed in 2023 that he's going to be in. But so he's new to dramas, but he also has been on the stage anyway. Yeah. I felt like they're all between 25 and 30. Okay. So I guess the main guy, he's a little bit older than I was thinking he was for some reason. Mm -hmm. I was thinking he was closer to his character's age, but which yeah, makes he sense. He plays though, 17 I, really well. He so. does. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's 19 for most of the drama. Cause again, he wakes up from a coma pretty early in episode one. So he's 19. But mentally, he did not progress <laughs> no, during those two not. years. <laughs> but I really liked um, her character in the, the way that they didn't. I liked the fact that they didn't make her a love interest because they could have. Um, and she really was just that older sister type figure. And the fact that she didn't have a lover was actually one of the reasons why I did not see the signs of who the bad guy was toward the end, (laughs) which we'll talk about later. But like, there was no love lines in this trauma. Mm -hmm. It was just straight, uh, solving mysteries and friendship. So speaking of friendship and couples or the odd couple, so (laughs) did the odd couple vibe of Yi Young and Guan Yang work for us? And I feel like it was one of the the highlights of it. Cause if we get past the first episode, then he, he, they have to move because they get kicked out early. Like when he's in a coma, they get kicked Mm -hmm. out of the, which was such for a sad reason. They didn't want the possibility of the mom bringing either the grandpa or the son home after they woke up from the coma and then die in their apartment. So they kicked them out. It's just like, seriously? So they have to get, they buy with the settlement agreement, the mom buys a apartment or condo. And then the, um, Guang Yang's father ends up losing his job and they have to downsize. So they move in next door. Like their walls between their beds are connected. <laughs> right. Between Yi Yong and Guang Yong. Yes. <laughs> Which plays in like originally it's like he, Yi Yong is like responding to text messages from the cop and he keeps knocking his feet against the wall and being super <laughs> annoying and super loud. And that gets, uh, you know, where the, the antagonism, but eventually as things like, progress in the whole, like, you're helping me solve all these supernatural things. He ends up coming into his, um, his room into Guangyang's room and sleeping with him for like, (laughs) he's like, scoot over. Yeah. Scoot over. And he's like, what, what are you doing in here? But like, again, their vibe, their friendship and maybe a different kind of drama. And they might've been the couple of the drama, but they keep it platonic between all of them. Like they're Mm -hmm. just, super funny, odd couple. Like they, even, even when they're willing to risk their lives for each other, they still annoy each other like brothers, like, like brothers would type thing. <laughs> yeah. They never lose that. Even when they really do care about each other a lot, they, they still never lose that like funny, annoyed at each other sometimes uh, aspect of it. And I loved it. Their day at the amusement park was hilarious. It was probably (laughs) one of the funniest sequences because you have um, Guangyang who is like, amusement parks, why would you even go here? Blah, blah, blah. Which we find out later, like he never took the time to do any of that stuff when he was growing Mm -hmm. up because he was so focused on being smart and 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 becoming like getting good grades and all that stuff. And his dad is like, I just wish he would have relaxed a little bit when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. So they go. Yi Yong has a purpose. He is following this guy around so he can watch every single movie makes. I still don't understand why they felt they had to follow him all day long throughout the whole thing. <laughs> because they're too young to know better. <laughs> so they follow him around all day. And even though Yi Yong is the one dragging him to do it, he's the one that's 
not having fun and like (laughs) so like focused on his chore staring at them not having fun and then you've got the the one who didn't want to do it having a blast yeah and so them going on their little pseudo date because it's even again everything they do is what you would see a couple doing on a date in a Mm -hmm. in, in a date montage or whatever of a couple and it was just so funny it was one of the best scenes I think of the show had me laughing so hard Oh, yeah, because they just because you would expect Yong to maybe relax and have fun. And no, he is no. laser focused on following <laughs> this guy. And then Kwang Yong, like he's got his hands in the air for the, the roller coaster or the ship or whatever. And he's just like he's just have he becomes a little kid. And I think that was really significant of his dad mm-hmm. to say that when he got home because mm-hmm. he saw that little charm on his son's backpack. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And everybody, you know, I was braced for dad to be mad. And he was because no. Kwang Yong skipped classes to go. And instead, yeah, dad's just like, <laughs> I'm so glad he went. <laughs> his dad, I don't know, like uh, the side note for his dad, I don't think we mentioned him, but like, so mm-hmm. because he lost his job, he's trying to find his footing and trying to find something that's going to help bring in income. And so <laughs> he, well, I guess we'll talk about running jokes. So I'll save that for later. But the odd couple thing, the amusement park, it was, it was good. It, it was. was. Yeah. All right. So the reason they were in the amusement park was because they were following a man who had stolen a child, except the child was not really a child. I mean, it was a child, but it was a supernatural child, <laughs> right. child of the God of the road, the guardian of the road that was like on the it's long. It's complicated. Right. This guy accidentally stole a supernatural child. Right. We'll just put it there. Yeah. And the road guardian is actually important because we see the chief of police when he's younger. Mm-hmm. actually respecting the road guardian and that kind of built his character yeah so i liked that but what i really liked is because this dad accidentally stole a child because he was longing for his child who had died mm-hmm. and so his grief had overwhelmed him to the point where he you know he's interacting with his child that he can see but nobody else can see and so he's like dismissed from his position because obviously there's something wrong right but i really loved when Yi young got to talk to the man to the, the grieving father Mm-hmm. excuse me <clears throat> and he he talked to him because they both suffered loss and Yi Young was like look you can remember the bad thing that happened on the day that they died but you need to remember what happened before and make space in your head for the good memories and I thought that was fabulous because we'd seen Yi Young running around like once he figured out that he could t- kind of talk to the dead or to people who had passed he was waiting for his dad to show up Mm-hmm. And when he didn't, like, that was heartbreaking. That was one of the times yeah. that I was near tears. Yeah. Was when he was just running around looking for his dad. And so to see him progress and see him talk to this guy and be like, look, you have to hang on to the good stuff too. You can't just focus on the bad because it turns into this obsession. Right. I just, I thought that was brilliant. Well, and he was still kind of going through. Um, so the father um, feels guilty and responsible for the kid's death because he was supposed to be watching him and the kid left the apartment and went downstairs and and was hit by a car down below no he fell out the window oh did he fell out the window Uh uh-huh he was climbing and fell out the window Uh, okay yeah i guess i i (laughs) i remember the dad (laughs) falling out the window in his like when they were making him think that he committed suicide Mm -hmm. and he didn't but anyway okay i guess i missed that Part, but again, I watched uh, a lot of this pretty fast. Anyway, <laughs> he ends up in the, on that intersection of the road, though, right? Because that's the part I keep remembering him, mm-hmm. like coming down and crying over him at the bottom. So he feels responsible for it, and then Yi Yong also feels responsible because he had stayed up drawing, I think, yeah. all the night before, and so he was running late, and so they had to take the bus instead of. I have no earthly idea what they would have taken instead. Cause he said it a couple of times and I'm like, what did they have just been able to walk? Cause they had more time or I have no idea. Or take an earlier bus, just a bus. Maybe, that wasn't yeah. That bus. Yeah. That maybe that's what, cause they were taking a later bus. And so they were on the bus that that happened. So he had been dealing with blaming himself for it. And so through seeing the dad and what had happened to him and how his obsession uh, over blaming himself kind of helped him realize that he was focusing all on the, sad parts about his dad and not focusing in on all the good moments. And he didn't want 
to lose that. And here's where that that's part of like one of the first times they're showing. It's like, actually, guys, he may not be able to pass pass a math test, but he's very mature in a lot of ways and sees mm-hmm. things differently than than we might in a lot of things. So he was had some very mature uh, moments with that. Yeah. I don't know. There are a lot of stories that we could talk about. We could talk right. about, about the doll who's the embodiment of the missing girl. We could talk right. about the cherry blossom tattoo ghost. Right. I will say and and loneliness and how that all came about. We we could go really in depth because we loved these stories. Right. But we tend to always make really long podcasts. <laughs> so, well, when we're reviewing a whole drama, but I don't think we need to talk about all of them. Mm-hmm. One, because people can just go watch it and, and yes. enjoy each of the things. But I think touching on a few of them um, isn't a bad idea, but yeah. 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 We'll just say those were significant. And one of the things we loved about the cherry blossom ghost, because there's a lot of like ever since I've noticed this ever since um, MCU's Endgame mm. or infinity war where Thanos snapped and then everybody kind of turned to sparkly dust and disappeared. Uh. Like that's been a common way for people to disappear lately. And so it was uh. nice to see different transitions like you were hers mentioning was with- the yeah hers was one of the the visually very beautiful because she her the paint kind mm-hmm. of slides across and she you know almost like not evaporates but it's more of like a water droplet sm- smearing across the screen so they did a really good job mm-hmm. of visually representing when she ends up going away so i yeah. really appreciate and they turned that. to smoke and stuff like it just yeah, it's a little bit different and it's a little thing, but it it's these little things that really set this drama apart. Yeah. So we wanted to take a moment to uh, talk about the running t- jokes that go on throughout the show. And I was briefly going to mention it and saved it for now. But like the So the dad. Um, he is trying to figure out what type oh, of thing. Guangyang's dad. Yeah. Guangyang's dad. So he's trying to figure out what, how he can make money. And so every episode or every other episode, his stand of food, it starts out as restaurants, Mm -hmm. food switches. And he's selling (laughs) like, cause like she bought everybody, the cop bring buys everybody lunch and brings it. And it's just like rice and beans. And then they're very like, ah, so like, he's not necessarily good Mm -hmm. at all of the different types of food that he's trying to cook and sell. And so they don't work out. It's also possibly like where it's located. I don't know, but, but <laughs> yeah. it, then it goes into like souvenir shop and like, it, just, <laughs> it just keeps changing. But his little table that he keeps out there and the, the grandma, uh, uh, the landlord, grandma. landlord lady, yeah. she sits there a lot. And so she comes into play a lot in the different um, things and everything, but like it, that's just a running joke throughout of like the fact that his, his store or his little stand is going to keep changing. Mm -hmm. And then we talked earlier about them calling her one per that's definitely something that like is, is is a running joke throughout the thing, especially like she, they ask her a couple of different times, like why, and she kind of doesn't answer them for a while. And then I think later on he's like, I don't remember you telling me. And she's like, I told you. And then he, you know, that's when we finally get the explanation. Cause you know, they wait until almost the end to figure out, to tell us why they call her one per. Right. But <laughs> then the funniest <laughs> running joke out of all of it, which actually makes me want to have a mug. So the police chief has his picture of himself mm-hmm. on a mug. <laughs> and it says uses. like, <laughs> number one best police chief it does. <laughs> and she allows young to to have a glass of water or something while he's there giving you know i don't know what he's there for he he ends up at the police station a lot whether it's <laughs> to give a testimony or because somebody called the cops on him who knows whatever he was there for something yeah. and he's drinking and he takes it with him so then mm-hmm. for the rest of the drama he's like where's my cup? Tell him to bring my cup when he comes next time. And it's just like, even, even at the last minute of like, when there's some like, cause he ends up in a coma again, we're in the spoiler mm-hmm. section. He ends up in a coma again. I think he even says, but in a very endearing way, Hey, tell him when he wakes up that he needs to bring my cup back type thing. <laughs> like of like, it's still a running joke, but he's doing it more like, Hey, he needs to wake up. I'm rooting for him. Type yes. thing, <laughs> but also but I want my mug back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, that was awesome. And it's just, it's stuff like that. And I love that the dad, because he's basically set up on the front steps of their building. The landlady said, hey, you can have this space for a booth. And then the one thing that works is he turns it into like this little bar. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. he's got a line down the sidewalk. It's like, okay. It's at the very end. He has the bar. I think it's when uh, Yeong is still in a coma. Mm-hmm. before he wakes up yeah they show him with the bar and it's actually successful <laughs> yeah it's like, <laughs> like finally oh, yeah. he's got it <laughs> so yeah it was just that was entertaining because i liked how they kept the dad and his businesses in the background like nobody was really worried about money should right? they have been probably <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, because where, where was he getting the money to start all of these businesses <laughs> well and Yi young doesn't have money but he keeps like getting money from his the the other guy where is he getting any money? Because his dad, like his dad doesn't have a job and he's not, yeah. I don't think he's making much money. So, but but <laughs> Guang Yang's in college. He's not making right? money. He's spending money. Oh, no, so. yeah. He's, he's, he's going to be a doctor. He's actually in medical school. <laughs> yep. And the fact that he has time to do any of this, that's another thing you just have to kind of not think about, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to pause this for a second. Okay, so earlier I was saying that I was a little distracted that the cop might have a love line because this baker kind of shows up halfway through and he was volunteering at some, uh, she was having to do a kid's event, like go into schools and like, you know, talk about, I don't remember what they talked about, but yeah, (laughs) she had to be a part of that. And he was making these cupcakes and gave her some. And then that was another running joke throughout (laughs) is all of them tasting his cupcakes and the only person that like, liked him was another like, oh, he's he's just a kid at heart was Guang Yang. He was he liked them, but the other mm-hmm. two don't like sweets. And they were like, oh, these are too sweet. I don't <laughs> like. Them. Yeah. Like, how are you, you in business? Because this is too much. Right. Yeah. And so I was kind of thinking maybe they were bringing him in as a love interest for her because the other mm-hmm. two, it was just a, a more of like a sibling type older sister relationship. And then all of a sudden. um guess what? He's the, he's a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. Like what? What half of, half of the (laughs) cases he was involved in, like that's how the people end up dying. It was just like, whoa. And it actually worked. It did. I wasn't blindsided because once you see it, you're like, and you see how he handled it. You're like, oh, he did this. Right. Well, and it makes sense that the two different obsessions would have come to him. Mm-hmm. Because again, they're coming to him for help. He's not seeking these things out. Yeah. And so to have something related, it makes sense. Yeah. Cause Yi Yong, I mean, every, everything that could come to him had the piece of paper that was burned right. from the yeah. accident. And it was part of a puzzle. It was something that his right. grandfather had worked on. And that was kind of their ticket to get him to pay attention and take their case as it were. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, to have some of them tied to the baker and just like all so tied was together the, that way. Was... Um, and again, we didn't go into a lot of specifics, but there was a little girl who went missing and they end up finding mm-hmm. out um, that she died. <clears throat> but there was still kind of a mystery of like, did the person who locked her in the cabinet kill her or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the twin boys that come at the end, they, um, there was also like, the person that they thought did it. And then this baker just kind of swoops in and um, killed them. And you again, it, it, he becomes obsessed with the, the police officer because I think he just like came in contact with her and realized she was investigating mm-hmm. some of this stuff. Yep. And so then he does truly become obsessed with her, but also then finds out about Yi Yong's, um, she kind of spills the beans and tells him about Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. So then he ends up like, Oh, obviously he's trying to like solve things that I am responsible for. So then it just becomes this, like, I'm going to kidnap you and, and fight and all that. So it it was a really well, I didn't expect it. And then once it happened, it made sense. And the, you know, final confrontation and everything of them trying to save him and, and everything. It was very, um, it was very well done. I was so sad though, that, um, 
that his mom had to go through him being oh. in a coma again. Like, yes. I was just like, oh my gosh, for real? <laughs> but apparently but, she had enough experience she could keep him at home this time. Right? So. <laughs> they they didn't need, they didn't want to have to pay for the hospital bed again. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> hospital room <laughs> setting. So they had him at home. And I mean, she really, really respected his, uh, uh, his mullet because she let it grow real long in the back. <laughs> I know it was like twice as long. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was but it was another just funny touch. Mm. Again, I think that that was one of my favorite things is there was just these little touches throughout that were just funny, um, mm-hmm. but not like a huge part of it, but just really funny. Absolutely. I just, yeah, I adored that. All right. So now I have to nerd out for a minute. Okay. So we have this mysterious old lady that shows up from the beginning and she shows up throughout and she's tied to the grandpa. Mm-hmm. And when Yi Yang sees her as a child, she sees he sees her talking to grandpa and she's sitting with grandpa and they're talking face to face. But like half of her is kind of in this black ashes cloud. Yeah. Like she's not fully corporeal. And then he thinks because she hovers around grandpa and grandpa's in a coma. And he thinks that she's trying to kill him. But at the end, it's actually revealed that she's trying to keep him alive because she wants him to do a very specific thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is. And so I'll explain this a little bit. Yeah. So the landlady talks about this thousand year old jade icon that they've had for, you know, in her family for forever. But the mysterious old lady had given it to Yi Yang. And it's important because the mysterious old lady is actually Guan Yin. And when that was revealed, I, I might have squealed a little bit because I <laughs> love the epic crush of Jeannie Lo. And so this is how I know some of this lore. She was my favorite character. Guan Yin was my favorite character in Epic Epic Crush. Mm-hmm. So she's a Bodhisattva or a Buddhist character mm-hmm. who's known for her compassion. She's an, enlight- an enlightened being. So she's not immortal. She's just enlightened. And she chose to stay on earth as a role model. But in both Jeannie Lo and in this one, Guan Yin gets tired. And she wants yeah. to be released from her responsibilities. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's actually, at the beginning, they show smoke kind of attacking grandpa and he's fortifying himself with his calligraphy. Mm-hmm. And it's her because he's not listening to her. She's like, let me go. And he's like, no, I have to keep it secret, keep it safe, whatever he was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so so finally, she, so she's the one that sends all these spirits, entities to Yi Yong to get their cases solved. And she sends them with a scrap of grandpa's calligraphy in their hands so that Yi Yong knows that they're from her, or eventually puts it together. Mm-hmm. And so when that was revealed, I was just like, oh, that's a nice tie-in. Because what she was doing, we thought she was evil because of the way she looked, because she was mm-hmm. all in black and disappearing. Well, and but like really, half her face was all weird mm-hmm. to a kid. We were seeing it from it because he was a young kid seeing her. He was she looked scary to him. Mm-hmm. She did. But it turns out that she's not like they turned it just by naming her Guan Yin. They turned right. it. And then her explanation that she was actually saving grandpa and the fact that she was being compassionate to these entities by and helping Yi Yong develop his abilities. Like well, that she was testing role. him. She wanted mm-hmm. to see, was he willing to let, like, could he do it? Could he let her go? Could he send her to, you know, away and be, and that's the, each person he had to, to help was kind of that, like he had to finish and end and cut the obsession and let them move on. And she's mm-hmm. like, I just want to move on. <laughs> I just yeah. don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and that, and that works because that was what grandpa was not doing for her. Right. And so yeah. she learned that Yong was actually capable of it. Well, and we do find out that grandpa had a reason because when he was younger, he was doing exactly what his grandson was doing, but then he had a near death experience and he was like, no, my family's more important. So I'm not doing this anymore. So Mm -hmm. he kind of stopped helping anything that came to him and shut every, everybody and everything out and just kept doing his, you know, his calligraphy on the side, but not in the same way that Yi Young was helping. And so she was just trying to test the waters and see, is he going to help me? Mm-hmm. And I have a little side note that if anybody has seen the um, show on Disney that just came out, American born Chinese, the advertisements and stuff, Michelle Yeoh plays the same character in that. So if you're, um, if you like that, uh, it's all it, the epic crush of Jeannie Lowe is also based like off of the, um, the monkey Kings. 
Journey to uh, the West. Journey, yeah, Journey the to the West. Monkey King yep. and Guan Yin and yep. the monk. That's really annoying. And <laughs> I need to go read the source material, but I have right. to admit that's one piece of Chinese mythology that I'm come I've come across. Yeah, and it's influenced a lot of my favorite dramas. And I'm like, okay, I need source material because I already nerd out, and I want to know exactly what I'm nerding yeah. out about. So that's what the the new show that's coming out. That's what mm-hmm. it's based on. It has its yeah. own twist, of course, because it's in America and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, I've watched the first two episodes, and it's really fun. Oh, good. I will start that soon. Yeah. So then would we watch a sequel? Okay. Before we say where we watch a sequel, we kind of have to talk about, and again, we're in the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. So you should have finished it by now if you're going to listen to this part. <laughs> but the very end, of course, he ends up in a coma. And then, okay. and I, they don't say how long he's been in there, but his hair's pretty long. So I'm not <laughs> sure exactly how long he's in there, but yeah. um, he wakes up. He still has his eyes closed and you can hear somebody's calling to him that they need his help. Yeah. A spirit voice. A spirit, spirit voice, voice. or what? Well, yeah. It's like the obsession spirit, whatever is calling to him that they need his help. He wakes up and he rolls his eyes and boom, the show's over. <laughs> it was so perfect. <laughs> was like, I mean, like, I don't think I've seen a more perfectly in tune with the the theme and the tone of the show and a character ending mm-hmm. like it was just so perfect and sets you up to where you could possibly have a season two I haven't seen anything online Mm-mm. that says there's going to be a season two but I would watch it I would totally watch it although the question here is written by the Maknae and so for whatever reason <laughs> she wants to see Kwang Young's dad and Yi Young's mom together I mean, I could see that in the background maybe, but I would totally be in the sequel for the mystery solving uh, team and their journey and just the eye rolls. That's what I would be watching it for. And the the couple could possibly be in the background. <laughs> well, see, we were joking about it on the Discord because, you know, there was the lack of romance. And we we're like, you know, we love these mature, seasoned, older people romances. Why okay. not put those two together and then have their romance, but in the background, have the shenanigans and having Yi Yong and Guang Yang just yeah, making I a think- mess out of their lives. So. And it would need to be the other way around for me. I again, mm-hmm. I don't think I would watch it just for the two of them, a romance between the two of them. It would have to be they were in the background and the other three were solving cases. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could go either way. It could be equal parts, honestly. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would watch <laughs> it. I want a sequel. <laughs> right. So. I would love a sequel because I feel like there's so much um, because I feel like all the characters really grew. And there was wonderful character arcs. And I feel like if this is it and we never see anything more, the show did its job mm-hmm. in bringing the characters where they needed to be. But I also think there was there's a lot of room for so much more. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is they've created a very fertile playground. In fact, I have yeah. to give props to the writer. Let me pull up her name real fast. Yeah. Because the writer and the director is the same person. Ah. Probably part of the yeah, reason. Yeah. Sometimes. So yes. That was. Oh, gosh. What? There was some movie, was it a movie or a show where I was like the timing on this and the direct, the, the combo of how the directing is really holding up the writing is just amazing. And then I looked it up I'm like, oh, cause it's the same person. It might be and along I, with the gods. Cause that's same person. Uh, no, I don't know who it was. It wasn't, okay. it was, it was definitely not that it was some other, like it was, it was a, I'd have to go look. I'll, okay. I, if I find it, I will put it out there somewhere in social media that whatever I figured out what, what it was. Okay. But mad props to Lin Kwan Hui for writing and directing an incredible drama. And yeah. I would have to say, I recommend this a hundred thousand million percent, as my kids would say. It just, I, yes. I just remembered it. It's be melodramatic. Oh. oh. So it was the drama that he the he was the writer director but also then I went and looked at a movie that they had also done and I was like oh that meant because he wrote and directed the movie too and <clears throat> I would say because be melodramatic though slightly more slapsticky in certain areas had that synergy between the the directing and the um the comedy there was just mm-hmm. that wonderful payoff moments so yeah gotcha <laughs> it's all good <laughs> So, right, so I think those are our final thoughts. Maybe. <laughs> would you? Well, okay, but would you recommend? 
Oh, no, here comes trouble. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Especially it's like, it's 12 episodes. Each episode is like 50 minutes long. I think 45, Mm -hmm. 50 minutes. I don't think it's a full hour and whatever some dramas have become. Um, it's a very easy to watch. Um, and it's a good, like, it could be like an in-between, like you're watching other things and you need just a, something to fill that space in between. It's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much fun. And again, if you don't like dramas that don't have romance, there's zero in this. Um, there's not even like romantic side story type thing going on. No, there's just, there's just no romance. Everybody's friends and And we're just all about, um, familial relationship growth and that kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but yes, I would a hundred percent recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Go push play. If you haven't already go push play. Yep. I might have to watch it again. I haven't decided. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for joining us. We would love to hear what you thought about this episode. And let us know if you do watch Oh No, Here Comes Trouble, because we want to hear your comments, too. Discussing it has probably been one of the best parts of watching this drama. Mm -hmm. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. We love vlogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.